What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, March 3rd, 2016. You guys listening to episode 247. Hope everybody had a good time in between shows. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, it is early on uh, Thursday, guys, so uh, usually, you know, it comes out either late Wednesday, early Thursday. Got you on a nice early Thursday uh, actually, I shouldn't say nice, because even though the sun is out here in New York, it is fucking freezing again. Uh, this weather is really fucking strange. You know, you would figure now would be the time that it starts to really be warm, since January and February wasn't that bad at all. And now we're at the beginning of March, and it's freezing in the 20s and low 30s, and it still feels like winter. I don't fucking get it. I can't wait for... I'm just at the point now, I like, don't get me wrong, I like winter, I like the snow and shit, but I'm at the point now, I want a nice spring, you know, 70s all the time, and uh, not have to worry about this shit, because getting the kids in the car in the morning when it's cold is one of the worst fucking things you have to do as a parent. You gotta start the car first, and then they, you know, and then they're just... Fucking, why, kids just take long, don't they? They just, everything is fucking long. It's like they would be the, like a little kid would just get the shit kicked out of him at boot camp. Because like, it's never the first time they just can't follow orders. (laughs) They just would never survive in the military if there was like a kid's thing. They just don't, I think you have to reach a certain age to where you start listening. So just, just don't fucking listen. I love being a dad. Love my kids, man. Means everything to me. But the listening in the morning is just like, are we, are you guys not, li- like, are you guys trying to ignore me? Like, it's so blatantly, it's so blatantly like not listening sometimes. And then later in the day, they listen amazingly and they're great. Is it, I mean, listen, I can't really complain that much because I'm not a morning person at all. I mean, I am not a morning person at all. But it's almost like their brains are just like, yeah, fuck you until, like, I get back from school because I'm not listening. I really could care less. You're going to have to say it six times. Um, But anyways, yeah, so it was a rough morning with the cold weather and all that shit. But I uh, got a great show for you guys uh, today. want to talk about a lot of stuff. Um, did some traveling, went on the road, was in Miami. want to talk about that. Want to talk about um, uh, training the new dog and and all the stuff that's going on with that. Uh, Some funny stuff happened. But first, before we get into uh, the Verzi Effect podcast episode number 247, got to plug the sponsors. The Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by, as always, GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today, up-and-coming comedians, established comedians. Gonzo Fame does it best. You can learn so much about them, get a great story of your favorite comedians. So if you are into comedy, if you're into comedy podcasts, which you obviously are if you're listening to this, um, and if you're into, you know, your com- your favorite comedians off stage, then definitely check out gonzofame.com. Dave Gavry over there does a great job. Funny up-and-coming comedian in uh, Chicago. has been running the site for a long time, and it's been great working with him. Uh, also, go to All Things Comedy for the best 
comedy podcasts. There are so many podcasts out there. My podcast, Bill Burr's podcast, Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank, Bert Kreischer's. I mean, there's just so many podcasts to, to you know name. Just go there. Also, follow All Things Comedy on uh, Twitter, at All Things Comedy. Uh, and they also have a great record label where my album, Night at the Stand, resides. Excuse me while I sip my coffee. I'm drinking coffee hot, so I can't really sip it that fast. Or you're going to hear a loud scream. Um, speaking of... Speaking of my album, Night at the Stand, I would love to thank uh, Aaron Hodges, and I would love to thank Emma Willman over at Sirius XM Raw Dog, the new show, The Check Spot, which I was featured on the first episode. It was on um, March 1st, two days ago at 3 o'clock, and uh, they played the interview, they played tracks of my album, and I got a bunch of feedback from all over the country, East Coast, West Coast, everywhere, saying that it sounded really good and that uh, it was a great interview and um, the bits and stuff that they played and featured from the album sounded great. So thank you to those guys. Sirius XM is awesome, man. Raw Dog Channel is awesome. Um, and the people that run it are great too. So thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Emma. All the people that um, listened and liked it, I really appreciate that. Um, I had a really good time with that, and please support that show. That show is called The Check Spot on Sirius XM, and it is hosted by a very funny, talented comedian, Emma Willman, who I had a great time sitting down with and doing the interview with. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't realize till after, but yeah, there was a lot of shit that I talked about that was like personal, that it was just one of those, that's how you know an interview is good, you're just talking and you don't know what's going to come out of it. I was talking about how I met my wife, I was talking about... Um, kind of uh, bullying a bully. There was a bully who was making people feel bad, this one girl in particular, and then I got upset and I found out, so I humiliated him. Talk about that stuff, so um, check it out. I guess, I don't know if there's a replay. I think somebody said if you subscribe, you can see or hear a replay of it. All right. Um, I have to talk about my trip to Miami. My trip to Miami was um, on the 20... Um, was it last last Friday and Saturday? I performed over at the Comedy Inn uh, last Friday and Saturday. One show on Friday, two on Saturday, and I have to say, um, what an amazing club! What an amazing room it was! Um, it is uh, just what comedy should be: small, intimate, low ceilings. You know, crowds into it, great sound system, awesome stage, um, great people to work with. Shout out to the owner, Mike Levine. Uh, unbelievable, man. Great guy to work with. Just a gentleman. The guy fucking gets it. He knows how to treat the audience. He knows how to treat the comedians. And he puts it all together. And uh, apparently mine was the first show of their season. Um, and... I couldn't be uh, I couldn't be happier. So thank you, Mike. Shout out to Mike, dude. It was just like one of those things where it's like this guy just fucking gets it. You know, he knows how to put on a great show. I urge so many comedians and audience members alike to try to get into this room. Um, it is uh, a really, really, you know, if you want to see really good comedy, he's bringing the best comedians out there. Um, well, he had me, motherfucker. What do you want? But no, he he he's, he just does it right. Also, shout out to the DJ there, Chuck, and the whole staff. 
the staff, the people working the bar, the the spotlight guy, the camera guys, everybody over there. You know, I don't want to fuck somebody's name up, but so, but just everybody over at the Comedy Inn. Um, there's really no other place for comedy in Miami. Uh, so yeah, just just check it out and um, support it because they're they're doing the right thing. Miami uh, needed a scene and. Um, they're doing it. The comedy in Mike Levine, they're really doing it. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't have had a better time. Um, apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently, uh, I went into a bit and I made a girl cry. Um, and the whole weekend was great. Everything went smooth. But apparently what happened was I was on stage and I was talking about Donald Trump. Big thing going on in our country right now. Huge election. I have a, 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 a you know a Trump joke and a Hillary joke. You know, just real quick stuff. Just kind of talking about the choices we have to choose from. And you know, I was kind of touching on the um, last Republican debate where uh, Rubio and Trump were were kind of going at each other and just making fun of each other. So I started making fun of the 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 whole situation because uh, I'm a fucking comedian and that's what we do. So. Apparently, there was a woman in the crowd who thought it would be a smart idea to just yell out some fucking ignorant, stupid shit. So I was on stage, and I was talking about the choices, and she just got really defensive. And she just goes, in the middle of my show, she goes, hold on, I gotta sip the coffee real quick. In the middle of my show, she goes... Well, why are there choices, though? Why are these the choices? Have you thought about, like, why? And I just stared at her for a second because she was clearly drinking. She clearly got, like, you know, into what I was talking about in, I guess, in a negative way because she was really didn't want to listen. She just heard me start talking about it, and she just goes, "Um, yeah, do you know even why, Baba? And I just stopped, and I looked at her, and I just go, ma'am, when the fuck did this become an open discussion? Okay, when the fuck did you just yelling out some fucking ignorant shit, not even listening, let me get there, let me finish. I'm the performer, okay? And uh, the crowd loved it. Apparently she didn't. And then I proceed to do my Trump joke. And uh, yeah, I kind of shit on him a little bit. I was just, you know, making fun of how fucking, you know, what he's saying and what he's doing and the immature shit that's going on in this, you know, ridiculous thing that's going on in front of our faces every day. So I said something about it. And, you know, and I also said, if she listened, I also said there were things at Trump that I thought were fucking hilarious. And, and you know, but she didn't want to hear any of that. So after the joke, she just quietly put her head down and walked out without saying anything because she knew better. And I find out later she's outside crying and being consoled by a friend because she likes Donald Trump and nobody understands and this and that. And she was crying. And it's like, what? However, Club handled it phenomenally. Club was amazing with anybody that was at a line ever, which was never really happened because it's just an amazing comedy club. The Comedy Inn in Miami is the shit. They just, they, it's, that's all I could say. I had an absolutely amazing time there. Um, if you're down there, thank you. I know, especially Saturday night, a bunch of people came out to see me. A bunch of people um, who saw me when I did the Flamingo Theater over there. 
Um, and shout out to Manny Garavito. Uh, I, I saw him um, and, you know, had a nice time with him. Did an interview with him for MiamiComedy.com. Uh, but when uh, me and Joe Bartnick were there, uh, some people saw me at the Flamingo and then they actually came out to see me again when I was at the Comedy Inn. So that was awesome. Um, flight, flight was cool out there. Um, well, I know you guys like when I talk about the flights, so the, 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 the way to Miami was pretty cool. I didn't have to get up super early. It wasn't one of those like four o'clock in the morning, you know, those, I mean, those are just car service gets you at four. You got like a six thirty flight. You're shot by the time you're on the plane. By the time you get off, you don't even know or care what fucking city you're in. I didn't want to do that. So I ended up taking like a like an afternoon flight. I got to Miami. By the time I settled in was 4 o'clock. I was completely fine. It was like a long cab ride. It was nothing. But uh, so now you guys know I'm not a huge, I'm not like, I don't like to fly all the time. But I, you know, I mean, I'm not a big flyer, but I have to fly. I got to fly a lot, you know. You know, I'm in the air probably, you know, I probably take 20 plus flights a year, you know, for probably average 20, uh, 20 or so plus flights a year over the last, you know, few years. And, uh, you know, I'm working more now, so I, I have to fly. Um, and I'm on the, I'm on the plane <clears throat> and I'm sitting next to this, uh, no, this, I'm sorry, this was on the ride home. Excuse me. This is on the ride home. On the on the flight home, sitting next to this guy, and this guy's scared, and he starts doing the sign of the cross, and then I look up and I see somebody else do the sign of the cross, and like nobody else saw it. It was weird. It was like everybody else is doing it, so I'm like, oh shit, dude, what the fuck, man? You know, and I just see everybody. You know, these people doing the sign of the cross, and I'm like, oh man, dude. So then we landed. And, um, we had a rough landing, like the flight was great, but on the way back, we had one of those like Navy landings where the dude just touches down all three wheels, just touch down hard. And, uh, and then the dude next to me started doing this, the, the sign of the cross when we already landed. And I was just like, shit. Come on, dude, we did it. Like, you know, the guy was freaking me out. Uh, I also did something that I normally don't do on the flight out there. Sometimes, you know, I like to I like to sit in a window seat with the extended leg room. Uh, this way, my legs could be, you know, extended as much as possible. I lay over to the side and I'm out cold. You know what I mean? That's it. And I usually just close my eyes during takeoff. But this time I'm like, no, you know what? I'm going to fucking keep my eyes open. I'm going to look out the window and I'm going to watch the climb, the whole climb. Just even if it gets scary, even if it gets turbulence, and we were delayed because of, you know, we were like 15th in line, and he said the climb up was going to be a little rough because of the wind, and it wasn't, but I just stuck it out, I just watched it, and just like turning into like the ground, like just getting so far away so fast, really fascinating shit, man, like I can't wrap my head around flight, I still like, I'm, I'm obsessed with aviation, fascinated by it, um, you know, so we, we, uh, we got there and, and I just relaxed and I was treated great. So my, uh, the Miami, uh, the comedy Inn in Miami, please check that out. That is a great thing. Support those guys. Um, trying to think of what else 
happened in Miami. Oh, so when I get back from Miami, so this is so this is the other thing that I had to do. Um, I was working with Bill Burr at Foxwoods in Connecticut the next day, which was a Sunday night. So I had to get on. I couldn't really hang out in Miami, basically, because I had a 6.05 flight on the way back. So I got like two hours of sleep. I fly back, and I'm going to drive from the airport over to Foxwoods Casino, where I'm opening for Bill Burr at the Fox Theater, two shows. Now I'm on two hours of sleep, and I got to drive about two and a half, three hours after I land to Foxwoods, but I can't relax at Foxwoods because I'm picking Bill up and I got tickets to UConn uh, Huskies versus the Houston Cougars game at UConn. So I pick Bill up after a two and a half hour ride. He gets in a car. We go to the, the, the University of Connecticut's campus, go to the game, and we watch UConn play Houston. Great time seeing all of the banners up there, uh, you know, uh, just, just Ray Allen and, and Kemba Walker and, and Okafer and all, all these great um, Husky players have their you know names and numbers up there and uh, we're watching this game. And then to make it interesting, of course, we bet on uh, UConn in the second half and uh, it didn't come in. And you want to know why it didn't come in, everybody? It didn't come in because the UConn Huskies don't like to play fucking defense. Nothing will turn you into a basketball coach more than when you're watching a team not play defense that you have money on. Every time UConn would score, we'd be like, yeah, and the place would be going nuts, and then they wouldn't get back on transition defense, and they would leave Houston open for, like, wide-open threes, and it killed us, and we lost the bet, and UConn lost the game. Other than that, we had a great time. Uh, Bill was laughing because one guy sitting behind us, every single time UConn did something wrong on a possession, this guy commented on it. Every, I mean, anything. He's like, well, you know, the guy didn't get back, and I mean, why is he doing that shot? Oh, that guy didn't follow through. He didn't follow through his shot. That's what we missed. Oh, this guy's doing this. And it got to the point where Bill just started looking over. It was started to annoy. It was just one of those guys. I was like, is this guy a fucking ex-coach? Because this guy just will not stop. Will not stop at all. It was just the guy just kept talking and talking about what was happening. I wanted to. I wanted to just be like, "Excuse me, sir." I, and he was just with his wife, and his wife just kind of took it, so you knew that he was the fucking alpha. You know, he was running the show because she just sat there like, "Oh, here we go, this fucking guy." I wanted to be like, "Sir, we could see the game. We understand what happened." Take you know. Take a playoff. Enjoy it. All right. Let's uh, move forward here. Go to Foxwoods, and I open for Bill at the Fox Theater when we get back from the basketball game. Now, we get back from the basketball game around 4 o'clock. I know what you're thinking. Oh, great. You go to your nice hotel room at Foxwoods. The venue is in the building, so you could sleep from like 4 to like 7, right? Get three-hour nap, be all refreshed. No, no. By the time I got back and checked everything in and it was all good, it was uh, 4.30. And guess what time the first show started, everybody? 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock and 9 o'clock were the shows Sunday night at Foxwoods. And shout out to Bill Burr and his amazing fans who sold out to 6 o'clock, 4,200 people. And then 9 o'clock was packed to the, I mean, yeah, I mean, this guy... Is just bringing people in on a Sunday night. And uh, I had a lot of fun. I really did. Thank you to anybody that was out there. 
Um, nice comments. A lot of people reached out to me afterwards. You know, I mean, it's always cool when, you know, you're opening for the best. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't get to do it often because I'm headlining myself now and we're far apart, but opening for the best comic out there and uh, to, to have his fans and stuff like that say what they said was a lot of fun. I got to do a joke about my dog. I'm telling this new joke about my, um, my, how when my puppy came into the house. My, my two cats, Stanley and Thomas, just like the way they looked. I wish I had it on video because they just looked like, what the fuck is this? And then it went from like, what is this to fuck this? I'm not dealing with this. Hell no. We've been here, you know, we've been here too long. You know, taking long with litter, doing all this stuff. I mean, they're a great family, but fuck this. We got to do something about this guy. And I just told this story about how I felt like... Thomas and Stanley had a meeting when Lloyd came to the house and then their reaction to the meeting the next day and all this stuff. And it was a lot of fun. I really had a lot of fun on Sunday night. And Burr and I did not get into the usual one big sports argument when we hang out. We did not. Um, We were just uh, in the green room between shows. Watch the Oscars. I want to talk about the Oscars a little bit. Um, here's what I'll say, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but, you know, I'll do a little pop culture, why not? Um, I just honestly felt, you know, I was a little taken back and surprised by how many comedians loved Chris Rock's monologue. Oh my God, he's the greatest, he's the greatest. First of all, and I'm really not saying this to be a dick, because Chris Rock's one of my heroes, and he's a big reason why, um, you know, I love comedy and stuff like that, but... Um, first of all, he has writers, you know what I mean? Like you hire a team of writers to write the jokes and you pick the jokes that you want. Um, now I guess that happens with all of them, but that's the one thing, the one thing that I never understood about, the one thing that I never understood about people getting credit for roasts and hosting something that, that they didn't write. Like in other words, when somebody sees a Comedy Central roast or when somebody sees a roast in general, forget if it's Comedy Central roast of Donald Trump or a roast of Charlie Sheen or if it's just at a comedy club, whatever it is. If it's a roast battle where you and a comedian go at each other, which which is you know was going on for a while, thank God that fucking nightmare is done or, or at least is dying down because I, I thought that that was silly because we're not rappers. You know, we're fucking comedians who need to be concentrated on our joke writing and not, you know, shitting on a peer who's just trying to fucking get to the next, you know, the next notch of the, of the ladder. But anyway, that's it. That's a story for another day. So my, my thing is this, like somebody gets ridiculed and somebody gets um like shit on and rightfully so for using somebody else's material. That is the number one, that is the gambling on baseball of comedy. You get banned. You just can't. I actually think it's worse than gambling on baseball. I think a comedian should not be in the Hall of Fame if they blatantly steal jokes. Um, And I think that, you know, if you bet on baseball, ah, whatever. Just my opinion. You know, is it is it good to bet on baseball? No. Should you be punished for it? Yeah. But I think if you had to go back with both, if you had to compare both professions, what's worse, stealing a joke? 
I think if somebody gets shit on for stealing a joke and it's a big deal and and they and they, people are like, oh my god, this person's a thief and they lose money because of it and they lose gigs, good, you should. Yet, what I don't understand is when people get praised for ho- for 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 doing a roast or hosting something that they have a team of writers. You know, or when somebody does a, a comedy special and they have a team of writers. Now, I'm not saying that they're a thief. I'm just saying, like, I never understood that. And I'm just being honest. I'm not trying to even start anything with, like, trying to say, like, um, oh, nobody should get credit. I just, I'm confused by the credit. It's like, it's a figurehead who's delivering somebody else's writing. So I just never, I never, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, they're the one picking it and they're the one that decide what's going to go in it and they have to tailor it to themselves maybe, maybe that much, but people give credit for somebody else writing and I never, you know, oh, yo, did you hear so-and-so, so-and-so won the roast battle? Yeah, yeah, he, 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 you know, he needed this one joke and -and so-and-so last minute gave him this killer joke against the guy and he won. That's what, it's like, all right, so then the guy who gave him the killer joke won the fucking roast battle. That's, I've always looked at it that way. I don't get it. You know, um, that's a big reason why I don't do roasts or that's a big reason why I never did a roast battle because A, I'm not going to dedicate my time to writing pages against one of my peers, like I've said before. But B, like, I'm not going to start calling up friends going, hey, dude, can you get me some jokes for this? I just don't, you know. I'm not going to mention names, but I know people that were on Comedy Central roasts where they just had, like, 20 friends write them as many fucking jokes as they could, and they just picked the best ones from each of them, and then there you go. You got 20 fucking roasts great roast jokes and you just go and choose it it's like so you're just a fucking delivery you're the messenger I just don't understand that but back to the Oscars and whatever whether people wrote it or not I I I, uh one of the jokes he did about Jada Pickett Smith I had on my fucking Twitter a long time ago the day it happened I think a lot of people did where it's like why is Jada Pickett Smith upset she wasn't invited I mean I I said that but here's what I, I here's what I I didn't really love about it was you know, I get that it's got to be about race, but then he did the whole fucking thing about race, and then, like, the last two jokes, he goes, but it doesn't have to be all about race, and then he did two jokes, and the monologue was over, and it's like, yeah, well, then it did have to be about it for you, it did, it was all about race, that's what it was, that monologue was really not about movies, it wasn't, there were a couple things, it wasn't about movies, it was a social commentary about race, is what it was, and, and, you know, that's why I was just like, ah, man, some of the jokes are good, definitely, don't get me wrong, but I just felt like it was too much, it was just too much, because Chris Rock already does that shit, Chris Rock already goes raceway, and I've said on my podcast many times, you could go to the beginning, I've said many times, Chris Rock is one of my heroes, Chris Rock, you know, Bigger and blacker, man. I, I loved it. I performed in front of Chris Rock's mom in South Carolina, and like her being there, smiling and laughing, got me through this set when these fucking Southerners didn't really care to hear a Yankee. You know, I'm not trying to shit on Chris Rock or anything like that, but like, how much fucking, how much about race is it gotta be? And then, and then he does, and then he does a, some funny jokes about how people back then had things to worry about, and now, you know, people are giving him shit for it, and like, that's the other reason, like, you just can't win, you're not gonna fucking please everybody, so, whatever, I thought, to be honest with you, Louis C.K., in my opinion, was the funny that the Academy Awards needs, honestly, I thought that thing that he did about the short documentary film, 
you know, and that, that Oscar means a lot because those people are never going to be rich. This is a one-time shot. And he goes, that Oscar's going home in a Honda Civic. That was fucking really funny, man. And I thought that that was, you know, that was great. I'm not saying what Chris Rock did wasn't funny and wasn't good. I just thought it was a little much. I thought it dominated his thing. I thought the black thing and the white thing or what you know, everything going on, I just thought that that was all of all of the monologue and it was too much. And that's just my opinion. And, I, and that's coming from a guy that loves Chris Rock. I mean, I guess I know he needed to definitely talk about it a little bit because of the whole people wanted to boycott and this and that. And I love how he kind of kept it on an even playing field. Like he, everybody, he went after everybody. So I'm not saying it like that. I'm just saying I thought it was a lot. I thought it was much. Um, and I didn't really care to watch the Oscars because I was performing. I was doing two shows with Burr. And then after the nine o'clock show, I had to get eat something and then get in my car and drive two hours home and then be up with my kids on, on Monday. So... You know, uh, I wasn't really able to watch it. Um, I know that uh, my favorite movie, Fury Road, and I know a lot of you guys disagree. Some of you guys were going at me, calling me nuts. That's fine. I thought Mad Max, I thought Mad Max stunk. I thought it fucking stunk. And the fact that it gets, you know, costume and, and you know, set design or whatever the fuck, it won like six awards and all that stuff, and that's great. But if you're going to tell me Charlize Theron and a couple of chicks driving across a desert with this guy who doesn't even do anything, he didn't even seem that fucking mad, and when he did kick the shit out of somebody, he comes out of the fucking, you know, sandstorm where you don't even see it, only to decide that he's going to go back across with another fucking some 65-year-old chicks on a fucking motorcycle, if you want to tell me that that's awesome, you know, fine, but that, for me, it just didn't do it. I was glad Leonardo DiCaprio won. Uh, that dude should have won for The Departed. Uh, you could argue he could have won a few of them, but uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that Leonardo DiCaprio won. And you know, I want to say this: he did one of those things because a lot of times when those politicians win, I mean the politicians, a lot of times when those actors or singers or musicians win, they talk politics like a politician. You know, like they'll win and they'll be like, yeah, thank you so much. I want to thank my mom. I want to thank my, and I just want to say war is a terrible thing. And everybody just starts fucking screaming because they scream the obvious stuff. Um, but he actually said like that climate change is real. And like for our kids, kids, we should really be aware of it and blah, blah, blah. And he kept it really short and sweet. And it was like, all right, here's a guy who's in front of millions, 80 million people. He wants to just say something, but he doesn't want it to dominate his speech. I thought he did a great job with it. You know, we're born on the same day, November 11th. So I think that's why the kid gets it. Totally kidding, but not really. No, I, I liked what he did. I liked what he did. He had a message, but it was about him winning. He was said he was appreciative. You could tell. You could tell he really like loves that his peers loved it and and all that stuff. I I, I liked that Leonardo DiCaprio won. Um, and what else? I would have liked Sylvester Stallone to win. Because I, I honestly thought he did. I mean, his acting in Creed was amazing. I really thought it was great. Um, what else? At the uh, and that, That's pretty much it. I didn't see any any of it other than that. Or just like hearing stuff and seeing like highlights of it or whatever. I heard there was some Asian joke, which Jeremy Lin did not like. But uh, I didn't get to see it or whatever. Um, 
But I, you know, that's that's the thing. I feel like Asian people, man, they get really the short end of the stick. They get fucked with a lot, and they never complain. How many television shows? Like they're saying, television shows need to be more diverse. And you know what they do with that? A lot of it is, you know, African American, Latino, or like women. You never see a, like Asians have a fucking legit beef. They get shit on. They're not fucking, and they just don't. It, they just don't complain. They're just like, ah, fuck it. And I heard that he said something, and Jeremy Lin was like, when is this shit going to... I'm getting tired of this. Jeremy Lin, unfortunately, fucking, for Asian people, it's just Jeremy Lin with the voice. You know, guys on fucking Charlotte, you know, or whatever he is. So it's like, ah, shit, you know. If, maybe if he was in New York. You know, that's like having a fucking Minnesota Timberwolves start, like, fuck, start a movement. Nobody cares. You play at 1030 and you're in Minnesota. I mean, nobody's listening. Um, so, and don't get me wrong, I love Minnesota, I'm just saying, like, it's, but I was thinking about that, I was just like, man, Asian, Asian people get, you know, they get fucked with, and they're just like, they just, you know, either they got great senses of humor, and they don't give a shit, or they're just not being heard, I don't know, but, um, so, after the show is at Foxwoods, right, this is a great story. This is hilarious because this happened. I think this podcast is going to be long today, guys. Or it's definitely going to be longer than an hour, I think, because I didn't even get to... Yeah, it's definitely going to be longer than an hour because we're after... I got some shit to talk about. We didn't even get... I feel like I didn't even start yet. Um, that's because the Verzi Effect podcast is the undisputed fucking champ. Um, so I am at Foxwoods and I'm done performing. It's done. I say bye to Bill off stage, and one of my favorite things to do, and you guys don't know this, but there's, like I said before, there's little exchanges that we have. All comedians have exchanges when they get off stage, you know. When you shake the other comedian's hand, whether you go after them or before them, there's a lot of funny things said. Uh, Jason Lawhead and I have a very secretive, cool one. Uh, where I said something to him, shook his hand, and he just started laughing. And uh, nobody in the crowd obviously knows. Sometimes we talk about, we just talk about things. We'll literally be talking about something that has nothing to do with the show. Or sometimes it does have to do with the show. You know, or we'll just joke or we'll say whatever. So Bill comes out after I announce him. And normally I wait and then come on stage you know, if it's just a two-man show like me and Bill, I'll just, you know, I'll wait and, you know, he'll have me come back out and, and you know, and then I'll, I'll say, you know, you know, uh, one more time for Bill Burr and all this stuff and talk to the crowd real quick about, you know, if they like the show and all that. But uh, since I had to go home and I had just landed in Miami and like I said, I had no sleep, I figured I would just, um, I would just, what, what is this? Tucked. Um, sorry, I just got a text that was unprofessional to me to say, what is this while I'm telling you guys something? So instead of me staying there for Bill and, and saying goodbye, Bill knew, all right, when you're done, man, just hop in the car and go home. So I announce him and he comes out to the stage and he acts like he's crying because I'm leaving. And it was just, we just had such a, it's just so much fun. So I still have to go to my room, get my bags, get my valet ticket to get my car and, and go home. But I didn't eat, you know, and uh, we only had like carrots and broccoli and dip and shit in the in the green rooms. 
you know, waters. Like there wasn't a spread. There wasn't a lot of food. We just kind of had like just snacks. So I noticed that there's a Junior's, like Junior Cheesecake in Brooklyn. They have a Junior's at the uh, casino right by the entrance. And um, so, and they have a little bakery Junior's too, but they have this big restaurant. So this was the funniest thing. I'm not even making this up. And this is not my unacceptable. But um, so I'm like, all right, fuck it. I got to go in and get something to eat. I ask where it is. I, they, they show me. I ask the guy, so you still serving? It's a huge restaurant. He goes, yeah, if you want to sit at the bar. So I go to the bar. There's a few few people at the bar. Some people had recognized me, you know, walking through the casino from the show. And then there were people at the bar. And uh, nobody at the bar had recognized me, which is good because I just want to eat now. And I want to eat and, and get the fuck out of here. So I'm like, all right, I'll go to the bar. I'll get like a seltzer. I'll get a fucking quick sandwich or I'll get something. Try to be as healthy as I possibly can. And, uh, and, and I'll go from there. So I sit down and they give me this menu that looked like it would have taken me fucking 40 hours to figure out and see what I would want, want. Now I'm like, so I say to the bartender, I'm like, hey man, um, are the buffalo chicken fingers, are they heavily breaded or whatever? He's like, yeah, they're, they're pretty bready, man. They're crunchy and bready. I'm like, fuck, I don't want that. And I'm sitting there and they got all these pastrami things and this and that. So there's a dude sitting to my left who what I thought looked like he had a, like a bad white hair piece. Looked like he had this toupee that was white. But not only did it look like a bad hair piece, it, it didn't look like it was just on the top. It like came down like behind his ears. So like, I mean, this shit looked like a straight up fucking like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, like a wig or something. I don't know. So he's kind of like looking over and I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm going to start talking about like sandwiches and burgers. And the guy just leans over to me and the people to the right, these two like younger guys are like maybe around like my age are eating and then like looking over at me and then this guy coming to say something to me. And the guy just goes, excuse me, I just want to tell you the pastrami sandwich here. Oh my God. Oh my God. The pastrami sandwich here is amazing. And have you had their pickled beets? I'm like, no. He goes, oh, oh. And I'm, guys, I'm not exaggerating. I'm going to tell you exactly how this shit went down. Goes, oh my God. And they got the pickle and the thing. It is the best. I come here all the time. Okay, when I stay here, I am here all the time. It is, I don't mean to interrupt. I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't be speaking out of turn. I don't mean, I go, no, no, that's fine. I go, I'm actually, I, I'm actually sounds good. So the waitress comes over, another waitress, not the bartender. And she's like, you know what you want? And I'm like, well, this gentleman's telling me the pastrami. She goes, yeah, pastrami's really good. She goes, you want kraut and cheese and all that? And he kind of just looks at me. He goes, I just do the pastrami on rye. And that's kind of all I want. He goes, I do the pastrami on rye with the pickled beets and the, and the pickle. Oh, oh my God. It is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have spoke out of place. I don't. And I'm just like, no, no, it's fine. And I just look at the lady and I was like, I'll get the pastrami on rye and everything like that. Give, give me a seltzer and I'm going to eat this and get out of my, you know. So now really nice guy. And then after I order, he goes, I'm sorry. I don't know if I should. I go, no, no, I really appreciate that. I didn't know what to eat. That sounds great. He's like, well, you know. The pastrami is really, really good here, but those pickled beets, oh my God, it's the best. It might be one of the best I've ever had, and I'm just talking to him. So now I get my seltzer, and I'm looking at my seltzer, and I'm going, this guy's not going to stop the whole time. Like, I have to talk to this guy through the rest of this meal. And, um, you know, I was like, maybe he'll get the point 
and he doesn't. And then we start talking, and all of a sudden the pastrami sandwich comes, and there's no pickled beets or pickle yet, and he just gives it to me. I mean, the lady gives it to me, and I bite it, and he's watching me. And I go, wow, that is really good, and it was unbelievable. Like, the thing about this guy is he was 100% right. He nailed it. He nailed all the shit that he was saying. So like two, three minutes go by and I see the lady realize she didn't give me the pickled beets in my pickle. And all of a sudden she comes with the pickled beets in the pickle. And he sees the pickled beets come out. And this guy fucking is like looking around like a curious dog when I get my pickled beets. So I bite the pickled beet. Now I'm not a beet guy, but I bite this pickled beet and it was fucking delicious. So now I'm really happy because the pastrami sandwich on rye is so fucking great. It's filling. I got the spicy mustard to dip it in. It was kind of exactly what I wanted. Hit the spot. I'm eating the pickled beets. I'm biting the pickle. Everything is good. And now the guy's just, this guy is in go mode. He goes, oh my God, in the breakfast here. Have you had the breakfast here? I'm like, nah. Oh, the breakfast here is so fucking, excuse my language. I mean, the breakfast here. First of all, I just want to tell you right now, if you come here tomorrow for breakfast, it's going to be busy. It's going to be busy, okay? You're not going to come here and just, like, you know, be able to walk in. It's going to be a lot of people. It's going to be a way. I want to be like, I know what busy means. It is, it is. oh, my God. I mean, I, I'm so excited about, you know, every time I stay in this hotel, I come here. I come here. This is my second time here today, okay? I come here at least once a day, at least once a day. And I'm just sitting here, and I'm biting this pastrami sandwich, and I'm just going, holy shit, man. You know, this guy, and here's the thing, I was actually, I'm such a fucking food nut that I was interested in what he was saying and wanted him to shut up all at the same time, and I wanted to eat my pastrami, but I'm like, wow, this guy's fucking nailing it, so I might as well listen. So I'm dipping my pastrami in this thing, and he's going, oh, me and my wife, we sit down, and we just, I mean, the breakfast here, I'll be honest with you, I'm looking forward to tomorrow morning. I'm like, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy. It's, it's busy here. I mean, people know. People know this place gets packed, but every time I'm here, I get the, I get the, I get the pastrami sandwich. I get this. Well, you know, it's just like New York. You're from New York, right? And I'm just, and the guy is just talking, and he's just going, pickle beets, best I ever had, or, or you know, this and that. But the breakfast and the sandwich, I told you, and I go, I got to be honest with you, sir. This is really one of the best pastrami sandwiches I had. And he just looks at me, and goes, in a while at least, right? In a while, in a while. And I was like, yeah. And he just was just going on. I, now I shouldn't have said nothing. I should not. I shouldn't have said, he puts his hands up, I shouldn't have said nothing, you know, I don't mean to talk out of turn, and I go, no, 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 I really appreciate it, you know, I really appreciate it, thank you, this is exactly what I want, okay, okay, because I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know, it's just one of the, I didn't want, I know, and I'm like, no, no, it's great, so, you know, I'm, I'm eating it, and I'm, I'm doing all this and that, and he was like, and the coffee here, oh, <laughs> this fucking guy, if this guy would have been a fucking junior's, like, spokesperson. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. I just, you know what he reminded me of? He reminded me of the wizard from The Wizard of Oz. If that guy had a suit on, like, looked more business-like with, like, a white toupee, if that makes any sense. He had that mustache and that type of face. And, you know... He had one of those faces where you could see when he's getting mad, and he's hammered. He's this guy. This guy's slugging back Scots like it was his fucking job, right? Uh, guy was, you know, guy was just hammered, super nice. And uh, I say, oh, thanks so much. I said, what's your name? What the fuck was his name? 
George maybe? His name might have been George. And I said, Paul. And he goes, Paul, you're a good guy. You're a good guy. Oh, thanks so much, Mel. I got to take off everything. And he goes, uh, you know what? You know what? You are the best guy that I've met today. You're the best guy I've met today. I'm like, oh, man, thanks so much. And after literally 25 minutes of this guy talking about how great the pastrami, the food was, which I was already eating, how the breakfast was, how he was going on about it, I finally got out of there. I just tipped. I thanked him. And I just got the fuck out of there. And then what I did was I went to the little like 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 stand bakery stand they had, and I got a little dessert there from the juniors because juniors is famous for their cheesecake. Now I'm not a cheesecake person, but they're famous for it. And they have like this tiny little bite one, like it's like two bites and you're done. And I like you know, I don't know if it's the Greek and Italian in me or whatever, but you know the older I get, like I was I was a little bit in my twenties. Now that I'm in my thirties, I love something sweet after I eat. It's just getting you know. Like, in my 20s, I probably would have never fucking ate a pickled beet. Now I'm in my 30s. I'm like, that's pretty fucking delicious. They even had this, like, super, super spicy coleslaw, too. But is anything funnier than somebody that just, like, food is... That's that's what you get... When you get older, that's what it is. I feel like the older you get, food becomes more like how women were to you and your friends. I mean, you still would be like that. But I think when you settle down with one girl, you're not going to be like, oh, and the tits and the ass. Oh, oh, my. Like, that would be weird if a married guy was like that. You know. You see her. T- oh, my God. That ass was just. Oh, I mean, I got eight kids, but oh. You'd be like, all right, dude, chill out. Dude, you're freaking me out. All right. My unacceptable for the week is all of these people. All of these people. You know who you are. Some of you too. Just getting into this politics and getting so upset and posting stuff and being afraid. And I know what you're saying. Well, Paul, this is a big one. This is a big one. How many fucking times are they going to say it? This might be the most important fuck. It's all important. It's always important. It's the country. It's your kids. It's your kids' kids. I've never seen... When Has anybody ever been like, ah, this one's not that important. So, I mean, whatever. You're going to do whatever you want, right? You're going to vote on whoever you want. Because this one's just not... This one just kind of just... It's a little lackluster. It's just, you know, I don't know. This one just doesn't feel like it. So, I mean, vote for me or not. But no, it's it's all like that. You know, when fucking... That, that's, a, that's another tactic. That's a scare tactic. It is. And this is the best part about being a registered independent. This is the best part about not being a partisan fucking jackass who just wants to win instead of actually see things. Because that's what it's become. It's become who wants to win and who's going to win. And fuck you, our guy won. And... Fuck this, and she's better, and he's not, blah, blah, blah. That's what it is. Now, I will admit this. The candidates this time, this is the worst I've ever seen, the candidates. I mean, this is fucking ridiculous. All right? The fact that Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are going to be the choices is is an absolute fucking, I think, ridiculous. Um, but being an independent lets you kind of look... And be like, oh shit, man, I, I'm glad I'm an outsider because I'm not being blinded by this stuff. But it is absolutely unacceptable to stop, like, to, to not just understand what's happening here. It happens every four years. 
Every four fucking years, it's the Facebook posts and what's going to happen and the country's going to shit. No, it's not because there's not enough time. I, that's what I don't understand. People don't understand. That's not enough time. Eight years is not enough time to ruin a country. It's not. It is fucking, if, if somebody that doesn't like Obamacare gets in, they're going to try to repeal that. And then if the next guy wants to bring it back, the next guy can bring it back. It's just a fucking joke, dude. It is a fucking joke. Nobody fucking believes 100% what they're saying. Nobody believes 100% of what they're saying. What they believe is 100% of what they think a certain base wants to hear. That's what it is. It took me so long to see it. I was one of those people, like, I remember, like, in the early 2000s, you know, I was old enough to vote and I was watching, and, like, the TV stations would get you really fucking divided. And be like, no, fuck yeah, they're right. No, fuck that guy. That guy. It's like, no, that's what they're just showing me. So my unacceptable for the week is these people that are outraged and scared and freaking out and yelling and being so passionate and not even able to talk and have a conversation over dinner because they're just going to freak out because everything's going to go to hell and it's going to be Armageddon and it's going to be fucking, you know, it's just going to be, you know, it's not. It's really not. I honestly feel like, you know, you should just fucking... And I know some people are listening to this go, well, that's ignorant, you know what I mean? Fucking, this does matter. This does matter. I'm not saying 100% it doesn't matter. I'm not saying 100% that like people can't do damage in a certain amount of time. But I just feel like, and I've talked about it before, the way other countries have dictators and fucking kings and guys that have been there for decades and decades and like if you fuck around you get fucking you just disappear or you get fucking hung at dawn or whatever the fuck they do like that is really how you fucking like keep the landscape of how you want something and that's not going to be the case here it's just not going to be the fucking case here you still got Congress. You still have a bunch of people that need to pass things. Anytime these guys try to get fucking things done. Think about it. Obama's been in office for eight years. How long did it take him to finally, finally get his health care thing approved? It took fucking forever. And then all of a sudden now a new guy's coming in. That's what it is. It's just, it's status quo bullshit. I'll tell you what, dude. I was watching Hillary Clinton talk. And I've never seen a person, and I'm not taking sides here. I don't care. I'm not, I don't like, I don't like Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump to be president of this country. I don't. So I'm not, I'm not taking any sides here, but I was watching Hillary Clinton. Here's what I think about both of them. Okay. And here's a beautiful thing. I'm not even talking politics. I'm just talking about what I'm seeing because I'm an, I'm an independent and I don't like either of them. So uh, this is literally zero bias towards anything. So whatever you like or whatever. Yeah, some people are going to get mad because they like them. Maybe you've got a fucking sticker you're going to campaign and you're not going to listen to my show anymore. You know what? Listen, if you're not going to listen to my show because I said I don't like a candidate, go fuck yourself. I don't want you as a listener anyway, to be honest with you. Seriously, if you're going to get that crazy, if you're going to be like that woman in the comedy club who went outside and was crying and needed to be consoled because I said Donald Trump sounds like a fucking the immature fucking high school kid. If that's what, then, then fucking you were never going to be my fan anyway. Um, but I was watching Hillary Clinton talking and I was the first time like that. I really, really, truly like, cause I think when Obama was saying shit, like whether you believe it or like it or not, he fucking meant it. Like he had a plan. And I got to tell you, Obama is a lot fucking better than I thought he was after I'm seeing the candidates that are coming up now. 
You know, I'm not the biggest Obama guy, but I, you know, at least the guy can fucking walk with a confidence, stick his, you know, stick to what he believes, talk normal and fucking not insult people and kind of be intelligent. Hillary, you could just see her lying. She's just lying. Like you could just like you go watch her. She's the only person I've ever watched where I'm just like, are are people fucking really buying this shit? And then, and then Trump just, I think Trump, I think Trump, this is my conclusion with Trump. I think Donald Trump is truly playing a game. I really believe that Donald Trump said, okay, here's the deal. The Republican fan base is not happy. Something needs to be shaken up. So I'm going to like talk about maybe some things I half believe and just go full on with it and see like, and then all of a sudden he started seeing some real fucking crazy kind of racist fucking like people just going with the shit he was saying and, and just be like, all right, yeah, you could say that about that group and not, I like it. I like it. I like it. I just feel like this guy is playing a fucking game, seeing how far it can go. And I think the closer he gets to it, the more fucking humbled he's getting. And then he's going, holy shit, like this might really fucking happen. Like I, I said, one of the jokes I do is where I'm just waiting for a guy to come out go, like at the debate. Go, ah, we're fucking with you guys. Bring the real guys out here. This was just an improv group uh, experiment. Get, get them out of here. Bring the real guys in here because it, it just seems that fucking like... You guys, you know, shitting on the guy's ears. The other guy's shitting on his hands. Rubio is bringing himself down to Trump's level to try to make himself look cool. It's just a fucking shit show. I mean, it's an absolute fucking joke. Uh, So this whole thing to me is just, uh, I'm watching it from afar. I'm really not getting invested in it. Like, I'm not getting crazy in it when I see something funny. I'll say it. You know, a lot of people are really upset that Trump is getting this far. And like, it's not funny anymore. It was funny for a second. Well, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I was never going to vote for the guy anyway. But when I see a grown man look at Ted Cruz, who's another grown man, and they're both in monkey suits, and I just see Donald Trump fighting with Marco Rubio, and then he looks to the left. And this was a clip I saw, and I fucking laughed out loud. He's going back and forth with Marco Rubio, right? The other fucking candidate and a debate. And they're just talking about how much this guy's sweating. And look at you, you're man. And he just looks over at Ted Cruz and he just goes, you're a basket case. You really, you're all over the place. And just to look on Ted Cruz's face when he got called a basket case, I bursted out laughing. I, I, you know, it's funny. It is funny. Listen, I don't think it's going to be funny if he becomes president. But when a grown man says that, it's fucking funny. You know, it's, I don't know. I just, I just feel like the whole thing is just, um, I think the whole thing is set up to stay the same. The whole thing is just set up to stay the same. I don't think, I, I truly don't believe, I think that there is, down the line when they figured out how long somebody could be in there, I figure it's just, they can't be in there too, you can't be in there long enough to really, truly, truly change the structure of a country to really kind of make a serious, serious change. Cause I think, I think, uh, you know, four years is a blink of an eye, but I even think eight years is just, you know, super, super quick. Like I remember Obama got into office and it felt like it was fucking yesterday and he's on his way out the door. So just my thoughts. Um, but I never like to get political on this shit, you know, uh, and if I had a, if I had a stance on who I would vote for, who I liked, I wouldn't really talk about it on the show. But since I don't, 
and I'm just this independent watching from the outside and, and seeing what I'm seeing, I want to, you know, let my listeners know that, that that's what I'm seeing, that's what I'm feeling. And if you think I'm wrong or whatever, fine. If you want to, you know, enlighten me or something, you know something or whatever, fine. I mean, but... Um, don't go at me. I'm not going to fucking listen or respond to like, I think it's really irresponsible that you're saying, you know, because if it is Hillary, then we at least had to do this. And if it is Trump, maybe the guy's misunderstood. I don't want to hear any of that shit. I don't want to hear any of that shit. I'm a grown fucking man and I could watch and see what's going on. I could read fucking what people are saying and go, okay, this is what we, what we're dealing with right here. But, uh, it's America, man. You just want America to be good. That's all I want. All it's all anybody can want. Forget forget your team winning for a second. Think about your family. What's going to better your family? What's going to better the country? What's going to be, you know, make all that stuff better? I don't think enough people, you know, do it like that. I think so many people just want their fucking place, you know, their team to win. Um what else was I going to say? Oh yeah. So, that's my unacceptable just letting the shit that's put on TV ruin your day. Don't. Love your families. Do what you do. Hope for the best. Vote for who you truly believe and and just don't let any outcome fucking, you know, ruin what you ruin ruin you or or upset you because I've seen it happen too many times to friends, family members around this time where it's just like country's going to shit. They've been saying the country's going to shit. When's it going to go to shit then? That's the other thing. When's it going to shit then? It's unbelievable. Country's going to shit. I'll tell you. We're losing this country. We're losing this country. We've been losing this country every time since I'm a fucking little kid. The one side that's not happy says you're losing the country. I, I just, I, you know, I just don't get it. It's like our people, it's like fucking Groundhog Day, but every four years. It's the same fucking thing. We're losing it. I'll tell you, what's going to happen? Let's go. We're losing this country. We're losing this country. It's like, no. When? When? Fucking wake up. I guess the unacceptable should be anybody that fucking believes the shit they're watching on the news. That's that's the unacceptable for this week. Scratch the other thing or if you get passionate. I actually understand why you get passionate. Because you, you, may, you may get passionate about something that means something to you. So you know what? Scratch the beginning of that. Unacceptable for this week is people that are believing everything that they're seeing and hearing on the fucking media and turning it into their own shit. That's my unacceptable for the week. Now let me get to your guys' unacceptable. We're losing. We're losing this guy. I mean, what's going to happen? What's going to fucking happen? All right, here we go. This is an unacceptable. Uh, how's it going, Paul? I am. A, uh, I got an office unacceptable for you. I work in a small office with five people, and we share a small but nice bathroom. Uh, one of the older ladies smokes and usually sprays uh, herself before walking back into the office so she doesn't stink the place up. Nice, right? Well, tell me why the fucking bathroom always smells like the bitch is sitting on the toilet sparking up uh, as she drops a big one. Uh, I'm assuming she walks into the bathroom right after a smoke break and doesn't spray until she's done. Um... This leads to an unpleasant smell when I'm trying to handle my business and release my morning uh, and release my morning bagel. Next time I see her walk into the bathroom, I'm standing outside the door and screaming at her like that dude in the gym from your last <laughs> podcast. Hashtag unacceptable, Corey Martinez. Thank you, Corey. I appreciate it. 
And, uh, you know, the funny thing is a smoke smell doesn't bother me, but I can definitely see how it would bother somebody else. Like, you know, I think if you've, you know, I, I think if you, especially at work, or you're trying to get stuff done, just a nasty stench. I get it. Um, here we go. James Russo. Maybe I had it coming. Maybe it's a given, but everything about 7-Eleven is unacceptable. Gross. Yeah, I think 7-Eleven is trying to get like, somebody said you could buy wine there now. It's just like, relax. Uh, thank you, James. Um, let's go to Greg. Here we go. The Continental Breakfast. Paul, went down to Foxwoods this weekend to see Burr. Unfortunately, it was the show that you didn't open for. Long story short, me and seven buddies stayed in the hotel off the resort, living like kings, with no women attached, drinking beers, spending money, dressed like bosses. Um, after all is said and done, we walk up the next, uh, we wake up the next morning and shoot down to the hotel's complimentary breakfast. The amount of animals in this, <laughs> in there, holding up the line, making their own waffles, fighting for the last bowl of Fruit Loops or yogurt is unacceptable. You don't see these people during the day, so where the fuck do they come from in the morning? I get it. It's free breakfast, but how hard would it be to scramble some shitty eggs and bacon? I know you and Bill are breakfast Nazis, so shame on me for having any sort of expectations at a hotel breakfast. Keep it up, Greg Roselli. Thanks, Greg. Uh, yeah, I've learned. That's the one thing that I've learned. Um, you have to go into a breakfast like that knowing you're getting shitty pre-made eggs you're going to get rubbery bacon, you're going to just get a bagel or something, whatever it is, you got to go into that breakfast knowing that it's triple A, double A, it's it's not even in the fucking majors, it's not even in the show, you can't fuck with it, all right, it's, that is, okay, we got a long trip ahead of us, let's get something in our stomach and go, that is not, let's go get a nice breakfast, if you want to get a nice breakfast, you sleep in, and you call up room service, and you spend some money, Anything for free, especially at a hotel, is 100% absolute fucking shit show. Thank you for the submission, Greg. Here we go. This is from Bob Lane. Two quick ones. When listening to the iPhone on shuffle in the car with the kids and tracks from Night at the Stand keep coming up, why does it always have to be the blowjob bit? And how come I always drop the phone trying to quickly change it? Unacceptable that I can't figure my shit out. LOL. Well, thank you so much for having my album in your, uh, you know, in your iPhone shuffle. I appreciate that. Uh, second, while in line at Subway, there is a cute, shy, 19-year-oldish girl in front of me. As she begins her order, I start writing my unacceptable with every question the guy asks her. What kind of bread? Uh, her in a chick voice, um, gosh, um, wheat, what kind of cheese, um, what, oh, wow, um, Swiss, uh, this goes on for each topping as I will, t- <laughs> as I, uh, will her <laughs> to, uh, seemingly build her sandwich, decisively build her sandwich. Uh, she giggles at the end, apologizes for being a pain in the ass sandwich orderer, and I get to finish my order. I start to chill out a bit, and we walk out the store uh, after uh, one after the other. She's in front of me, and as I, uh, 
and as we climb the stairs to the parking lot, she stops and picks, uh, picks a dandelion. Jesus. She goes her separate way, and I feel like a complete dick. She's probably the sweetest girl around, and some dick is mad at her for slow sandwich ordering. Unacceptable uh, old 42-year-old man behavior. I think you and Burr are breeding, are breeding us to look for the worst in everything. <laughs> Lock us up. Uh, in a negativity cage. Well, thank you for the submission. Here's the thing. I don't want to do that. I really don't want to do that. And the unacceptables are not for that. The unacceptables are for truly... Like, that girl in there, like, seemed like a sweetheart who maybe she was even nervous. So, like, maybe you're looking for it a little bit. And I get that because you want... You know, sometimes I look for it too. But... The unacceptables for the show, and I know you're joking and everything, so I mean, I, I I get it. But what I'm saying is like, I look at the unacceptables as like something that truly needs to stop in society. It needs to stop. If you're picking your feet in a public fucking train, that needs to stop and that needs to be called out. You know, if you shit on the floor in a bathroom and you don't clean it, Cause you're just like, ah, somebody, you're a fucking animal. Like the other day I was taking a piss at the airport when I got back to New York from Miami and I had one bag on me and my other bag. So I really wasn't able, like I was trying to hold my dick with one hand kind of, but like it, it's hard. Like, cause you got a bag here and you're like lean to the side and you know, it's just a big fucking process. So I'm trying to, so I, you know, I pull my shit out. I'm trying to piss and I'm like trying to hold it and I'm trying to aim it. And I take pride in my aim piss. You know, you got to take pride in your aim piss. You got to you gotta be a fucking sharpshooter, you know, especially in public places because you don't want to be the guy that people are fucking screaming about at the end of the work shift when they got to go in there and clean this fucking shit and piss, and piss infested room, you know. So I try pulling my shit out and whatever, you know. Dicks hang a certain way. I think I'm a left guy. So I got to, you know, I got like a sprinkle I got like two sprinkles on the seat and a couple by the floor. So what do I do when I'm done pissing? I put my bag on the side where it's clean, move my other bag where it's clean, where I know nobody's going to mess with it. I zip up my pants. I do everything I need to do. I grab the sheet. I mean, I grab the, you know, the the, the toilet paper, the, the, the paper towel, and I just go down and I wipe my part up and I clean up my part and that's it. And that's what you do. Um, so the unacceptables are for the people that just like blatantly don't give a shit and need to be called out on it. Uh, got a couple more here and that's it. Very few t- today. So we're going to get going. Let's see how much time we are. Oh, hour and six. We'll, we'll be here for an hour and a half, folks. We will be here for an hour and a half. So you just sit back and relax and enjoy. Enjoy episode 247. It's flowing nice today, isn't it, folks? I mean, it's a nice flow. Got a little Oscar talk. Got a little politics talk. Nothing too heavy. Just enough to entertain you through the thing, through the day. What is this? Um, what else is going on? All right. Here we go. This one is from Russell. Toktimer. Toktimer. All right, here we go. Hope I got this right. Uh, here we go. Hey, Verzi. Bit of a warning here. I'm coming in fired up over a fairly personal matter 
but I'll do my best to censor myself, uh, keep the bitching to a minimum, and keep it shortish. Quick bit uh, of backstory. I'm a self-employed digital artist and computer builder slash modeler through, um, uh, though the latter is a recent startup. As self-employment goes, income can be up and down, and and what with starting a new business recently, mostly down. I recently turned 25, and here in the UK, once you turn 25, you can apply for working tax credits, which give you around 200 to 280 a month to help you out. Okay, that's good. You seem like you're doing good. 25, it's a good age. I applied a month ago for tax credits and received a call from them today. The phone call I got today, Verzi, had me seriously think about quitting self-employment, going back to college, studying for the next 10 years uh, to become a scientist, and then spending the next 50 years of my life trying to develop a way to open a portal through the phone, <laughs> a portal through the phone, so you can punch the person on the receiving end square in the face. I like that. That would do fucking really well. Dude, the fucking portal app. You just fucking jump in, grab the guy, but you only get like, it'd be funny, you only get like three seconds, so you got to just go in there hot, just go in there, fucking punch him in the face, and then just go back. Um, Okay. The guy on the phone proceeded to tell me that because my business isn't showing enough growth and income, it is, is, wait a minute, okay, isn't showing enough growth and income is too low, I'm most likely not eligible. I challenged those statements, told him that uh, in roughly 18 of the last 24 months, I'd shown uh, small but steady growth, but fine, nothing to complain about. He then proceeded to try and talk me out of filing Uh, In the required form, they would need to properly access my business's financial situation for five straight minutes. This guy clearly didn't want to do his job. Wow. So he tried talking you out of filling out required paperwork. Uh, Wow. Okay. After five straight minutes of shitting all over my situation, he then said, and I quote, I can send this form out for you to fill if you want, but I can tell you right now, I don't think you're eligible. It's going to be a waste of your time and a waste of my time. Wow. Fuck that guy. Uh, He then paused and said not to put your business down or anything. I was so taken back by what he said, I couldn't say anything other than I'm well aware of my situation. While I fan- <laughs> while I fantasizing about the portal phone, <laughs> and to add insult to injury, he then huffed when I said I still wanted the form. Good for you, for a government employee. This is uh, that is there to help people when applying for grants and financial help to not only try to talk you, to not only try to talk you out of filing in the required paperwork, but to try and get you to drop your claim and then tell you. That that sending out a form would be a waste of his time is completely and totally unacceptable. Lock this prick in a cage, throw it into the sea, and shout, "I'd be a wait. <laughs> It'd be a waste of time to save you." Guess I failed to keep this short and pretty much bitched through the whole thing. But hopefully, you and all the TV listeners got a laugh or two ahead of it. Well, thank you, Russell. Yeah, man. Um, I. 
that sucks. I sympathize with you, but I think you're doing the right thing. I think you're doing the right thing by saying that. And just that's just such a lazy fucking way. The guy, I, I, I got to tell you, it's a waste of your fucking time. It's like, fucking, no, it's not. It's a waste of your time. You know what you should have said? You should have been like, dude, sir, I got to be honest with you. With the job you chose and the life you chose, it seems like all you have is time. So you should be thanking me for letting you pass it this way. Instead of you sitting there fucking, you know, twiddling your thumbs, looking at the clock, ready to fucking blow yours or somebody else's head off. Okay? So I'm doing you a favor and I'm giving you some pastime here. Okay? So why don't you fucking get the form and let's get to work, you fucking dope. Here we go. Thank you. This is from uh, Matt Lockyer. Okay. Uh, Paul, let me be clear. I think dogs are amazing and awesome. If I lived in the place that allowed them, I'd probably have one. I'm running and my uh, route takes me by an off-leash beach in Vancouver, Canada, where I've been running for nine years when a young German shepherd snaps its head up and bolts straight for me uh, from about 40, 30 feet away. The the owner, I'm sorry, <laughs> the visual of somebody jogging and then seeing a German shepherd get up 40 feet away and start going after is fucking hilarious. I'm sorry if you got bit. I didn't even get to the story yet. Um, the owner, a small Asian woman, is screaming at the top of her lungs as the dog charges. The dog jumps and tries to bite my left hand. Holy shit. I pull it back. And it circles around and bites me in the ass. Wow, dude. Shit, I don't mean to laugh. I just meant the visual of a dog chasing somebody running. I didn't mean I, I didn't mean to be like that. And I, honestly, because you're probably like, fuck. You know, you got like a piece of your ass is in the digestive tract of a fucking German Shepherd. And I'm laughing. I don't mean it like that. Um, so, uh, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, I'm getting a phone call here. All right. So. The dog jumps and tries to bite my left hand. I pull it back, circles around me, and bites me in the ass. My shorts are ripped, my ass is sore, and I later find out I was bleeding. The woman refuses to give me the dog's collar number or any information for 10 minutes, making me pissed. I explain calmly to her that this is simple. Uh, it is simply unacceptable. Her dog has harmed me, and I am not leaving her alone or will call the police if she doesn't give me some way to reach her and follow up. Finally, I get her name and phone number. Unacceptable number one, bad dog owners and complete lack of training and control. Unacceptable number two, if your animal injures another human being, you should be doing everything in your power to make it better. Unacceptable number three, a random guy who witnessed the event says, this is an off-leash area. For your safety, you might not want to run here. What the fuck? I can't run in parts of my own city for the fear of being mauled. Thanks for the podcast. Maybe rethink that German Shepherd purpose. Yes, well, I did. I got, you know, I got Lloyd. We think Lloyd is maybe Ridgeback. We think Lloyd is maybe Sharpay. We think he's a, a couple of different things, um, that Arubian Canuco dog and all that stuff. But uh, that does suck. And sorry you got sorry you got bit, man. That's fucked up. It really is. Okay, this one is this one is from Darren. I don't know if this is an unacceptable, but this says, Hello, Paul. When you complained about the, re the retard at the food court, it reminded me about your unacceptable where, you, uh, where a well-dressed man did not give you the time. I believe when people don't talk to you, it is for the better. 
the words might come out in an angry tone. When I used to do drugs, I would always dress very nice uh, but had a hard time talking. I think the guy was on opiates. The kid in the mall, they have yelled, thank you, please chill. The kid in the mall, they have yelled, thank you, please chill. I think you're saying the kid in the mall may have yelled, thank you. I don't even know what that means. Um, as far as please chill, I don't know what I need to do. You know, I'm standing outside a comedy club and I look at a well-dressed guy who did not look like he was on dope at all uh, walk by me and I just say, excuse me, sir, can I have the time? And he keeps walking past me and then looks at his watch. You know, if he's on fucking opiates, I don't care because some guy's a fucking drug addict that he can't say anything. If he is, then fine. I mean, I, I just thought that that was peculiar that he did that. You know, it's just kind of weird. But go, excuse me, sir, can I have the time? And then walk past me and then look at your watch and keep walking. Um, as far as, I mean, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even call the kid a retard, but um, that kid and at the food thing, he had glasses on and nodded his head. I don't know. You know, I don't know what the situation was. But, like, there, why does there always have to be excuses? Can somebody just be a dick? You know, can't somebody just be, like, a dickhead? What about that? You know, yeah, what about just shitty... What about just shitty upbringing, shitty people, fucking, you know? I don't even know if that kid did have a disability, to be honest. He was the one just standing there, looked kind of normal. And like I said, he was looking around as if to say, where could we sit? And then noticed that I had a seat with, I was at a table with four seats and all the other tables were two. So I noticed before they got there, oh, I'm going to get up for these people. But if he noticed that, and he didn't look like, I mean, he did have sunglasses on, but he did not look like anything was wrong. He could have just been also, you know, I, I don't know. Like, do they need a co-pilot? Like, if the fucking guy has a seizure driving and, and, and nobody else can't, I don't know what the fuck, I don't know what the guy was. But as far as please chill, I don't know why I would have to chill out because somebody's a fucking asshole. I don't care if the guy's on fucking drugs. You know what? Don't do opiates and walk around society, dickhead. People might ask you for the time. How about that? You know? And then he acknowledged me and walked by. And then looked at his watch. So he clearly fucking heard me. And because you're on opiate, what are you going to give me the time in, a, in an angry way? It's 8.42, asshole. Like, what the fuck? I'd be like, all right, psycho. You know what I mean? Like, to just walk by... I'm done with excuses for people that are being fucking assholes. All right? I'm done with them. So I appreciate you, you sending it in, Darren, but I can't agree with the fact that, you know, some guy might be on drugs and doesn't want to talk. It's like, fuck you, dude. I'm, I'm asking you for the time. You can't give me the time. Fuck you. You want to walk past me because you just, what are you, what are you, that cool or whatever, you know? Uh, so... I don't know. It's a weird way to end the unacceptables, and I don't even know if that wasn't unacceptable, but I got to address. I got to address it. So, thank you guys so much for um, sending in the unacceptables. I appreciate it. Um, and if you guys want to send other ones, I love to talk about them to uh, on on the podcast. Uh, send them to um, unacceptables for TVE at Gmail. That's unacceptables for TVE at Gmail. Um, I don't know what we have on Twitter, but we will check. Don't think there's many, uh, unacceptables at least. 
Um, do I see? No, I don't really see many unacceptables here on Twitter. Uh, this is from Chris Frost at MM Frosty Boy. There's a regular. Pulled a muscle in my shoulder this morning. Walking. Unacceptable. You're getting old, buddy. That's what happens. Um, <laughs> what is this here? Uh, what is this one? This one is. Oh yeah, I put in. I put a tweet. I said Hillary. I said Trump or Hillary is like Burger King or McDonald's. Either way, your ass is going to hurt after it's over. And Jonathan uh, Godwin at uh, BlondeJohn33 said, unacceptable animals, we are fucked. Um, I think that that might be it. Let's see, just scrolling through, getting down here. Don't want to miss anybody, because that would be unacceptable. Um, all right, I think we should be good, yeah. Right, yeah. Up. Oh. All right, hold on. Yeah, so for anybody asking, it is unacceptables for TVE at Gmail. Um. All right, I think that's it. All right, that's it. So thank you guys for the submissions. How much time do we have here? What are we? Where are we here? Wow, this is going. Jeez. Hour and 20. All right. So I we went to the UConn basketball game. It was awesome, but UConn just did not play defense, and fucking Houston kept hitting threes, and every time we're like, go get the guy. Why is he wide open? It was like that all the time. It was unbelievable. How I just don't understand how defenses just keep people open. It's like, I, I understand if you're in a zone, just fucking play man and stick to the man, and if there's a pick, call it out. I know that sounds so ridiculous coming from a comedian doing a podcast, but how is somebody that open? And you lost me $50, dick. Other than that, the Knicks keep losing. I don't know what to do. The Knicks just keep fucking losing. The season's over. Oh, I just wanted to do good enough to make... Um, I just want him to do good enough to make Durant come. Um, I am gonna watch some Yankee games this year, everybody. I'm gonna try to get. I'm gonna try to try to get into it early. You know, and try to get into it early. I'm gonna drink a coffee before the seven o'clock games, the nights I'm home, and I'm just gonna try to sit and watch them. Probably be sleeping by the third inning. No Jeter. No Mariano. A-Rod, hopefully, whatever, has a decent year. But looks like the Mets are going to be good. And uh, NFL uh, free agents, a lot of NFL big-time free agents out there. And um, I guess the draft is two months away. Um, I don't know what the Giants are going to do, but I just hope we get do something on defense. Defensive backs is what we need. That's what we, the Giants need. The Giants need defensive back for, like, a really good one for the first time. I I just want the Giants to have one time to have a fucking serious, serious DB. Uh, DB. have not watched any movies, but I am still loving this People versus OJ thing, man. It's really like another thing that they talked about on the show. I don't, I'm trying to think if I did see I did not see another movie, so I will obviously review the next one I see. But um, episode five of the OJ Simpson, uh, People versus OJ Simpson, I didn't know that when the jury got to go to the murder scene and to OJ's house, OJ's got to go to his house too with the jurors. And they 
like rearranged his house. Like they put different pictures up. And then one of the prosecutors sat on his bench and he's like, get off my bench. And there was like a fight during it. Uh, A lot of shit that you didn't know that was going on. That's what I love about this trial, you know, or that, you know, I mean, obviously OJ did it, but I think he did it. But I just like, there are little things that you didn't know that happened the way the defense team didn't like each other and all kinds of cool shit like that. So I'm loving it, man. Tuesday nights at 10 o'clock. If I'm home, I'm watching it. Uh, that's pretty much all I got for sports and movies, guys. Um, some plugs, please. I will be going to uh, doing a bunch of shows, uh, in the city, uh, this month, March. Also, the next time I'm on the road, not going too far, it will be in New Jersey. I will be in Wontog, New Jersey on March 25th with the All In Tour and Joe Bartnick. And then the next night I will be in Pompton Plains, New Jersey with Joe Bartnick. Um, which is at a Best Western in Pompton Plains. Both of those shows are part of the the comedy shop. So the comedy shop uh, in Jersey has a bunch of different locations, and I will be in the Wontog one and um, the Pompton Plains one in New Jersey. Please come out to it. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Me and Bartnick are looking forward to it. I will even give you guys the exact names of the places here, so please come out to it. Um, let me see here if I could get this. I know it's at one is at a restaurant. It's actually, come on, let's see here. Come on. Oh, here we go. Yes. So, so Friday night in Pompton Plains. No, I'm sorry. Sat Saturday's Pompton Plains. Friday night is at Celine's Bistro. Okay, it is in Celine's Bistro in Wontog, New Jersey. Friday, March 25th at 9. Okay, so please check that out. That's going to be awesome. It is off of uh, Route 23 North, Wontog, New Jersey. Okay? Friday, March 25th at 9 p.m. Then, that at Celine's Bistro. Then, that Saturday, the next night, is 8 o'clock. Me and Joe Bartnick will be at the Pompton Plains Best Western uh, Regency House Hotel in Pompton Plains. Okay, also off of Route 23. So please check those out. I'm excited about that. And I will be also going down south at the end of April to the Atlanta Punchline, one of the top clubs in America, the Atlanta Punchline, April 28th through May 1st. Please check that out. Go get tickets. I'm excited, um, and I'm excited to headline there for the first time. So please check that out. For all other dates, go to paulverzi.com. This has been the Verzi Effect Podcast, guys, episode 247. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and um, I will be talking to you guys soon. Until the next one, I am out of here. Take care.